0: Welcome to Pop Culture Ketchup. We make the good stuff better. Join us every week as we discuss movies, TV, and all the other things that make up the pop culture you care about.
1: On this episode of Pop Culture Ketchup, we'll be discussing why Roseanne's popular reboot got canceled,
0: President Trump's meeting with Kim Kardashian,
1: Oprah Winfrey's new exhibit at the National Museum of African American History and Culture,
0: And shows to binge watch this summer. Stay tuned.
1: Hi, Helaman. How's it going?
0: Hey, it's going good. We are live from the closet, except not live because this is going to be after the fact, but we...
1: uh, Yeah, we decided to test out...
0: Changing uh, venues.
1: Yeah, filming in our... Filming recording in our closet today
0: hopefully hopefully not filming we're still in our pjs
1: yeah it's hopefully not it just the it was a little echoey the sound in the last few episodes we were just trying something a little different so when we read online that the best place to record a podcast if is, you're poor is in your closet <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah because our office doesn't have soundproofing we hung up some blankets and that was helping but the desktop there was still just making some noise, and so we are now on a laptop in the closet. So we'll see how that works.
1: Yep. So we have all my clothes to soak up the sound. Yeah. So,
0: mm. update on the ant invasion of last week.
1: It's not going well. Whatever yeah. traps we got have not worked.
0: I think the ants are too smart.
1: Which is ridiculous to me, but...
0: They have hive intelligence. Once, ant by itself isn't smart, but altogether, they're pretty smart and can solve a lot of problems.
1: Yeah, I was really annoyed this morning because they were everywhere, so I just took a thing of bleach and sort started... Yeah,
0: now our bathroom stinks. She sprayed it everywhere.
1: Yeah, and now there's just a bunch of dead ant carcasses everywhere, so... Yeah,
0: so we'll have to clean that up later.
1: Yeah. So anyway, that's not going very well. I'm a little annoyed at our dumb traps. It says on the box that it will take a few days for it to start working. It's been a few days. It's been a whole week and they're still there. So, I'm annoyed.
0: Yeah. Well, other than our ant invasion, so this last week has been the first official week of summer. How Oh, really? Yeah, cuz it's after Memorial Day. Isn't that oh, how it works? Is
1: that is that true? I, don't I mean, know
0: that... not... okay, as far as like astrologically that's not the day, but I thought kind of like culturally that's Summer starts with Memorial Day weekend, isn't that how it works?
1: I've never actually thought about it.
0: Let's just say yes. So uh so how's your first week of summer been?
1: Uh the same as every other week. And it was raining a ton. We almost had a tornado.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we weren't well, really okay. too worried. Um, okay. we actually, live in Idaho, so tornadoes don't happen here. And, and I grew up in Tornado Alley, so I'm used to tornado warnings every weekend and, and t- nothing comes of it. So But okay. There was a funnel cloud and it was it was starting to and it was getting a good spin on it and starting to descend, but then it never went down all the way. So, this one was a lot more further further along than other warnings we've had. Here. I think there's only been one other tornado warning, and it was just a rainstorm.
1: I suppose. I just feel like people kind of freak out when. Oh yeah. You know, overreact when there's a tornado warning in quotes.
0: Yeah, I wasn't really all that worried. Um, I was having a game night. Um, that night for, uh, playing Starfinder and so it was hailing and raining really bad and,
1: and I said, are you going to leave me to go play your game? And he said, yes. See ya. We uh, weren't very worried about it. If it
0: happens, I'll just drive through the, I'll drive through the rain and
1: come back, come back, but it's, it's fine. It was fine.
0: But have you, have you been on Twitter at all this week? It's been a pretty busy week as far as you know tweets go.
1: Not really. Mm-hmm. Uh I've tried to cut back on my social media usage, which basically just means I use Instagram all the time instead of other social medias. So no. But I did hear about Roseanne and her comments. So and that the her show got cancelled, so
0: I, I think there's been some speculation, you know, like how much can someone say on social media before actions are taken.
1: It like moves into their professional life mm-hmm.
0: and occasionally we see when those lines are crossed sometimes there's been news about people being fired or various things and yeah now we found another line uh, for a tv star even for a popular sitcom if you let out a through horribly racist tweets about respected people you know yeah that's the line
1: <laughs> yeah um but
0: yeah why don't we instead of kind of dancing around why don't we just go right into it and um, talk about what the tweets were
1: Okay, so this happened on May 30th, so on Wednesday, and Roseanne made a racist tweet talking about Valerie Jarrett making a lewd comment about her looks and her political beliefs.
0: Right, and um, I'm just going to read the tweet. <laughs> like, So, I mean, this isn't anything, that obviously, that we like approve of or support, but just reading the tweet so you guys can kind of know what we're talking about. Um, But so she tweeted, Muslim Brotherhood and Planet of the Apes had a baby equals VJ. VJ referring to Valerie Jarrett.
1: Yeah. And immediately there was a lot of backlash, obviously, because this is completely inappropriate. So ABC's president, Channing Dungey came out with a statement and he said, Roseanne's Twitter statement is abhorrent, repugnant, and inconsistent with our values. And we have decided to cancel her show. I mean, that's really all there was to it. So, Roseanne's reboot came out about three months ago, and it was a huge, huge success for ABC, uh, which obviously means a lot of money for the network. So, the fact that they were willing to cancel the show, even though it was a huge success, I think says a lot about their company. Mm -hmm.
0: And I think it just... They have some core ethics of this is what our company represents, and this... and this this wasn't in line with their ethics and their morals and so they had to make what could you know possibly was a hard decision but ultimately as i said the right decision to cancel the show but i i just want to also point out the tweet about Valerie Jarrett was the most controversial tweet but it wasn't the only tweet she kind of released during this mm-hmm. it was all, it was all in a pretty short and and rapid succession so yeah she tweeted r- rude things about Valerie Jarrett but and then also chelsea clinton uh hillary clinton's daughter and george soros but yeah just paraphrasing with chelsea clinton she was uh tweeting out that she's the way that she is her husband is the nephew of george soros who we all know is is a horribly corrupt businessman Mm -hmm. and then chelsea clinton then tweeted as like you know i didn't marry any of the nephews of george soros (laughs) though i'm sure they are wonderful and delightful people but that is not true and then yeah. So then rosanna was like my, like, my mistake, I apologize for suggesting something that wasn't true. Oh, but also, just so you know, George Soros is an awful person. And when he was in Jewish camps during World War Two, he sold out fellow Jews and, um, to the Nazis and stole their fortune. And that's how he has all of his money now, which is a rumor that has been debunked like two years ago. It's, it's not a
1: rumor. It's a conspiracy theory. Because I was reading, too. So ABC was a little bit... Uh, hesitant to to reboot her show because she has made comments and She
0: often says things that are controversial and, right, and kind that, of pushes the boundaries.
1: Right, and that are not true. They were worried initially because she has said some controversial things in the past. So
0: Yeah, they were saying that they felt like the benefits of rebooting the show could outweigh her kind of crazy tendencies. Because they were aware of her tendencies before. Oh,
1: originally. I thought uh-huh. you meant at-
0: But yeah, they felt that the benefits of rebooting the show and the ad revenue and all these things it could bring in would be worth the risk of kind of her being a loose cannon. Mm. But then, yeah, after this, they said, nope, that's... Too know, much
1: of a loose cannon. Too
0: much. We, yeah, we just don't want to have this and have people think that we condone these sort of actions by continuing to pay her. As well as they were pointing out that a bunch of advertisers were would likely start leaving if if things like this continued because advertisers wouldn't want to be associated with, with her. And also right. there's members of the cast that were talking about how they were planning on leaving
1: mm-hmm.
0: um, just because they don't want to be associated with Roseanne. And then this came out and I was like, Oh, well I guess that, that solves that. Yep. So my favorite part of all of this. So after all this happened, she then realized she crossed a line and it was issuing apologies, you know, like, Hey, honestly, like don't feel sorry for me. Like I deserve this and things like that, which, you know, that's, that's good. And I think, and I think that's a start for what you need to do. But then my favorite part was I was just Ambien tweeting.
1: Oh, yeah. We have to read. Did you read the full statement of what they said? No. It was so funny. And for those of you that don't know, Ambien is like a sleep aid. So, I mean, it probably can make you drowsy and that kind of thing. But they came out with this statement. This is what they said.
0: People of all races, religions, and nationalities work at Sanofi every day to improve the lives of people around the world. Sanofi is the pharmaceutical company that makes Ambien, by the way. Um, and while all pharmaceutical treatments have side effects, racism is not a known side effect of any Sanofi medication. Good clarification. <laughs> Basically like, hey, don't don't bring us into this. Like, this is on you.
1: Yeah, so I thought that was it. It was not a very, a very good excuse for uh, her lewd racist comments about others. So anyway, we thought that was pretty funny, so...
0: Yeah, so the next story we were going to discuss is Kim Kardashian and her meeting with President Trump. So uh, why was she meeting with President Trump?
1: So she has uh, been very outspoken about uh, defending Alice Marie Johnson, who was convicted in 1996 of eight criminal counts of cocaine trafficking. So it was a nonviolent drug charge. But she was sentenced to life in prison in 1997 and and is still in prison. And so she was meeting with president Trump to discuss uh, prison reform and that kind of thing, just because she feels like this nonviolent drug tr- drug charge for this woman um, was completely unfair. And the fact right. that, that she's had to spend two decades behind bars at this point, a life
0: in prison for, for something nonviolent crime, when there's violent crimes that are in the scope of years or months, and it right. seems it seems unbalanced.
1: Right. And so that's kind of why she was meeting with him. And I think it's, and whatever you think about Kim Kardashian, I think it's important. And I think it's a good thing that she's using her platform to try to um, yeah,
0: petition for petition for things that she cares about and, you know, policy change for things that matter to her.
1: Right, right.
0: Yeah, no. And I, I agree. I think that's it's I really enjoy it when I see that people that have this influence try to like do use it for things of good instead of
1: just right. whatever. Well, and uh, also Jared Kushner, who's President Trump's son-in-law mm-hmm. he uh has also been pushing for prison reform as well it was actually stated that he
0: mm, you mean the first step act
1: yeah yeah so the first step act uh expands programs for prisoners to allow them for more more home confinement the house
0: Ju- judiciary
1: the house <laughs> judiciary um committee approved it that that this year
0: yeah so, so... would home confinement is that like parole is that what that means
1: um i'm not sure i know Mm -hmm. someone was telling me the other day that in idaho when you get sentenced to like a year in prison or however long in prison right because overcrowding uh they will have you go to prison for two days and then they'll send you home and then when they have an opening you'll go do two more days and that kind of thing
0: oh that sounds kind of painful
1: Yeah, because it extends your sentence because you're not doing it all consecutively. Yeah. Yeah, so, so especially with people for people that have lesser sentences, which maybe this isn't a part of, um, your sentence would take longer because you do it two days at a time mm-hmm. um, or a week at a time, and then you're on parole or on probation while you're not in person. So, I don't know, there's a lot to prison reform and that kind of thing, and I'm not sure the extent of what they talked about, but I definitely think it's something that, you know, needs to be. Yeah, and
0: these are, these policies kind of first came into effect with President Clinton. That's when, Mm. you know, the Tough on Crime Act and War on Drugs and things of that nature. And I think the intent was just, you know, we have zero tolerance for drugs, and so we just need to step up the punishment to make sure this doesn't happen. But the problem is it really didn't fix the issue, and it also kind of un- unfairly has punished people of poorer communities, where a lot of those, in those poor communities, that's just a big part of the life there, and things right. that uh, people just do to try to, you know, make a living and things like that. Not that it's a good life profession to choose, but just it's part of life, and a lot of times in poorer communities. Right. And it's been unfairly targeting people in those demographics, and, and with these huge long sentences that are obscene and ridiculous. And so, you know, I can see the intent that was there, but just this it, but I don't think it was effective or worked the way that President Clinton would have wanted it to work. And so it's something that just needs to be reformed, I would agree with.
1: Right, right. So we'll see how that goes. And if anything really comes of it, she did say that she felt like he was really understanding of what she was talking about. So we'll see what happens.
0: Speaking of kind of reform and these things, and that Kim Kardashian is is using her influence for. Oprah Winfrey, someone that has had a huge role in social activism and reform throughout her 25-year career as a news host, she's um, she's receiving a really special honor from the National Museum of African American History and Culture. It's a Smithsonian museum in D.C. But she's received a special honor. Uh, do you want to talk about the honor that she's received?
1: Yeah, so there's three sections of the exhibit. Mm-hmm. So the first section shows different things from her childhood and her early career um, in the 1950s and 60s. And kind of how she's an activist with uh, civil rights, women's movement, and media and television and that kind of thing. And then there's a second section that looks at her 25 year run of the Oprah Winfrey Show, mm-hmm. and and all the things that happened with that, and you know the evolution of that show and her guests and that kind of thing. And it's just it's just cool because the Oprah Winfrey, Winfrey Show had uh, the highest ratings of any talk show in in the history of television. And then the third section looks at her as a cultural influencer and taskmaker and all the movies that she's made and the books that she's written and then all of her philanthropic work.
0: And so the exhibit is just honoring her contributions that she has made to African American culture and also women's culture and the social activism that she has been involved with. And so... There is various things in there, like the red jacket that she was wearing. Um, not
1: the, it was a.
0: Oh, a red suit. But yeah, and, and it call, was red. Would
1: you call that a suit?
0: I'd call that a suit, yeah.
1: Okay. Okay.
0: The red suit that she was wearing in the famous two thousand four car giveaway, two thousand four, yeah. right?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Like, and you you want a, a car, car. And you, you win a yeah, car. Yeah, I think
0: everyone is familiar <laughs> with that, like that phrase. And but yeah, so the jacket that she was wearing for that, like that's on display.
1: It's a suit, not a jacket.
0: You know, there's a jacket on it. <laughs>
1: it's a blazer, not a jacket, technically. Mm. It, we, you know, we kind of were reading about how America like trusts her opinion and how she has really influenced right. society. And, and
0: there's, uh, there's a quote that the museum director, Lonnie Bunch, she kind of released about this uh, right in with what you're talking about. She says, What's interesting is the same way America thought about Walter Cronkite, you could trust Walter Cronkite and his opinion. They trust Oprah. An American-African woman becomes the person America turns to.
1: Yeah. No, I think it's it's awesome. And let's be real, who doesn't love Oprah, right? hmm So, anyway, we're pretty excited for her. And I think next time we go to DC, we'll have to stop by her exhibit. It will be around till 2019.
0: But yeah, I think one thing that's worth mentioning as well um so she was so she was the number one benefactor for this museum. Sole benefactor. Um I believe she donated 21 million dollars towards it. Mm. But one thing but it's important to note that that's not the reason why she has this exhibit. And actually, you know, the funding for this exhibit and everything didn't come from any of the money she gave. The museum has been out for a year now and this came out, you know, a year later. And just they put together this exhibit because they honestly felt like she's been an important enough person in American culture that she she warrants having this exhibit on just her own merits and, as, and not because she donated a bunch of money.
1: Mm. If you want to see it, it opened on Friday and it will run through June 2019. So we have about a year nice. to yeah. see it. So. I think that's
0: a good thing on our list. I'd like to go see.
1: Yeah. Speaking of... Re- Seeing. Renowned <laughs> TV shows, um, we're going to get into our main topic today, which is bingeable tv shows that you need to watch this summer so we're pretty excited about this because we're tv junkies mm-hmm. i don't know would you would you go that far yeah to say we're tv junkies yeah
0: but we're, uh... we're we're
1: trying really hard to be not as lazy and to use our time <laughs> better because we don't have children so we have a lot of free time and we need to you know yeah make ourselves better what
0: differentiation <laughs> i want to to give though is so we are tv junkies but we're also millennials and so the way that we're TV junkies is very different from how our parents are. Yes, very you know. So different. I have memories of like growing up. Uh, my dad, my dad is a huge fan of sci-fi, and it you know that's something I've grown up with. and I'm a huge fan of sci-fi, but for him, one of the highlights of the week was Friday nights because Sci-Fi Channel. That's when most of their new, uh, the new shows would come out. Whether that was Stargate, Area Fifty. I don't. know. I can't remember. Oh, there was like Babylon. Anyway, um, Battlestar Galactica, but there was some, and but anyway, but that's when all of the new shows would come on, and so that was a big highlight of the week for him. But just the way that we consume TV has changed so much because we don't really watch any cable.
1: We don't, sweetie, not really. We don't watch any cable. Yeah,
0: we don't. Ha- you know, we don't have a satellite or cable subscription, and we- and there's no desire to. At a fundamental level, the way that we consume TV and others of our generation, not everyone, but a large amount of people of our generation, consume TV no longer live of it airs at five and you watch it at five, if you don't watch it at five then it's just gone mm-hmm. you know we wa- we stream things on demand it's all it's all up there whenever we want to watch it the entire season or all the or the entire series and we just go and watch it mm-hmm. at, a, at our own time
1: right right
0: and it's a fundamental shift and um because it's made it harder for advertisers too because you know there's no commercials and that's how our advertisers
1: which we love. No, yeah, no,
0: that's a huge <laughs> We really enjoy that. But but it, it does provide it but it has provided a challenge for advertisers who used to you know, T V spots is a
1: Right, right, for sure. And I
0: imagine the value of T V spots has diminished in recent years because of the rides of Netflix and Hulu and these other things.
1: Yep. So we decided for this segment that we wanted to share with you uh I'll share with you my pick for the most bingeable TV show you should watch this summer. Helaman will share with you his pick for the most bingeable TV show you should watch this summer. Then we will share our pick that we watched together that we, that we loved, that we really liked. Because let's be real. It's hard to find a TV show that you know, husband and wife, uh, you know, boyfriend, girlfriend, that, that you both like together.
0: Right. Because, you know, you just both have separate interests and things like that. And sometimes gonna yeah. be hard to find a show that. Meets both of those interests of both of the viewers,
1: and then after that, we're going to give you uh, our list of honorable mentions. Um, and the Dundees, and we're going to do a Dundee type award ceremony. And they're each going to receive uh, an imaginary trophy, um, because we're millennials and everyone gets a trophy, everyone's a winner, everyone is a winner, and so I will. Tell you what little trophy that they won right. for their show, so.
0: and also all of these. So none of these are like shows coming that are like coming up that haven't been released yet. These are all shows that that have been released and just we've T- watched, and tried, enjoyed.
1: tried, tested, and true. And so
0: for some, some of these are going to be rather obvious, probably. Um, but we also try to find some that you know maybe you guys haven't seen or watched. Um, so that way you can you could see something new.
1: So sorry if you've seen all of these, but these are just what we came up with. Yeah,
0: so why don't you talk about your pick first?
1: Okay, so my pick might be kind of obvious um, to some of you guys, and I'm really sorry if this isn't your cup of tea, but my pick for most bingeable show that you should watch this summer was Grey's Anatomy. So don't hate me, okay? (laughs) Um, I picked this show because It just got renewed for its 15th season on ABC, and it currently has 13 seasons on Netflix. So when I originally watched this, there was 11 seasons on Netflix, and I watched the whole 11 seasons in three months. It was so bad, but...
0: That's all that was on the TV.
1: The episode after Catherine Heigl
0: operated uh, on a deer because she felt like she had nothing better to do or she felt sorry for it and then her interns were like don't we have something better to do and the and like some of the pedestrians there was like don't you have anything better to do and she's like no i was like
1: Ugh. yeah after that helaman was done with this show for sure but i'm gonna tell you a reason why i like this show so this show is literally a modern day soap opera yeah that's but, what it is i mean it really is it was created by shonda rhimes uh started back in um I don't know, I'm not gonna say like. 2000... Let's
0: say two thousand four. Yeah. Like,
1: I don't know. Yeah, two thousand four or something like that. Anyway, and it's been around forever. Ellen Pompeo is the main character, who's Meredith Grey, and it kind of follows her life, and all the other life of the doctors, in the show. And this might also be like a my generation of ER. I've never seen ER, but I'm pretty sure that's kind of this is just kind of a new. Uh, er for this time yeah and so um
0: you know who it doesn't follow who her kids who then after she had them disappeared in the next episode
1: (laughs) yeah so i guess i guess the reason i like this show is just because it's so juicy like who's sleeping with who you know who's gonna die like what character are they gonna kill off next i mean Grey's anatomy is famous for just killing off uh their characters so mm, you know so
0: it was infinity wars and before yeah, infinity wars but yeah before infinity yeah. wars
1: was cool um and it's just so dramatic that and so ridiculous at some points that you just you can't look away yeah
0: like there was a one where a dude had a bazooka shell lodged <laughs> into his abdomen and so they were operating to try to remove it and the bomb squad was there and then wouldn't you know it the main the main oxygen line in the hospital for, to provide oxygen to clients just happened to run right under that room so if the bomb so if it exploded Wait, then the entire hospital would go up in flames i
1: think you're getting two episodes two different episodes mixed up am i yeah that happens later anyway <laughs> but yeah like. But
0: there was still a bomb And yeah, someone had a bomb And they had to try to disarm it And it was yeah. right on the main oxygen line
1: And then the bomb squad The really sexy bomb squad Yeah guy, and it blew up he, he died He blew up And yeah No it,
0: It's just that I mean I know it's a TV show But sometimes it just gets so ridiculous Like that, that does not happen
1: I know But that's why I love it so much It was so good Like I mean Just so ridiculous Just this different storylines Different plot lines. Um and I think that's why it's been around for so long. A lot of people are ready for it to die because it's just really going out mm-hmm. into the weeds at this point. But but they keep but you keep coming back because you just you have to know what happens. You mm. know,
0: McSteamy or McDreamy.
1: Definitely McDreamy. I I'm a McDreamy fan. Patrick Dempsey. I can't. Oh, I can't. I can't live without him. But McDreamy is a is a close second for sure. So, but I mean, but also. McSteamy, McDreamy, or Jackson Avery—that's the real question. He. Mm, 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 mm. Anyway, so but I think
0: he was just in a game, a video game. He kept becoming human. Uh, Unrelated, but
1: the guy that plays Jackson Avery. Yeah,
0: the he's like he's half Samoan or so, right? Uh,
1: I think so. Yeah, he's a plastic surgeon. Yeah, yeah, he's a beautiful eyes.
0: Yeah, yeah, he was just the yeah.
1: Oh well, cool. Yeah. Anyway, so. I don't know. I think that's
0: Detroit becoming human or two humans something like that. Yeah,
1: I think that's just why I love the show. Is that if you're looking for some something really stupid, really juicy, really dramatic, and you just want to get involved in someone else's life, Grey's Anatomy is for you. Especially if you really want something to watch like all the time. There's so many seasons and so many episodes per season that it will keep you occupied for a few months. Even longer if you're not going to watch 12 episodes a day. So you can find Grey's Anatomy on Netflix and there is 13 seasons. But that's my pick and you really can't go wrong with a good classic. So anyway, so what's your pick, Healy?
0: Yeah, so my pick is Gravity Falls and I really, really love this show. It's this really great cartoon that is set in this fictional town of Gravity Falls, Oregon where just weird paranormal things happen all of the time and the two main characters are um are dipper and mabel they're the they are these twins they are 12 ish i think somewhere in that range but they are sent for the summer to go live with their uncle stan who they call grunkle stan because
1: he's their great uncle right so he's grunkle stan
0: (laughs) yeah so their parents sent him to stay with him for the summer to just get new experiences and and uh, you know live outdoors and things like that and yeah all these weird things just keep happening like there's these um, zombies or so there's this one episode where um, early on Mabel falls in love with this weird creeper dude and so then Dipper thinks that this person is obviously a zombie because he's creepy looking and then and it just goes on and you find out that there's actually like a big pile of gnomes and they wanted to make Mabel the queen of the gnomes and marry <laughs> her off and things like that. Or...
1: It's some really good storylines. And also the, the illustration is really good as Oh, well. yes.
0: The illustration work is really good. Like, it's really good quality. Um, the characters are fun. There's... Yeah. So there's Grunkle Stan. He runs this shop called the Mystery Shack and he is basically just like your classic con man. Um, everything in the mystery shack is a f- is fake like it's not real weird spooky things even though this entire town is full of legitimate spooky things and that's something that dipper's like why don't we just go go, go get some real thing and put that in here and Grunkle sounds like why i made this for two cents and it and it brings in lots of attractions <laughs> like uh he has this bag of disappearing i think that was one of my favorite things it's like check out this bag of mist of disappearing you put your money in it and it never returns. <laughs> and then people are like, "Oh, I want to try." <laughs> so they like start tossing their. Money. I don't know. It's just he has a bunch of various like cons and things like that that are really fun. And then there's Seuss, who's the handyman.
1: And, who's basically the biggest idiot of all time. <laughs>
0: but oh, uh, he, he's he's so funny. He's though. so funny. He has like a, he's a good person. Um, and then there's Wendy, who is the a really apathetic teen who runs the cash register, and um, yeah, Dipper gets has a crush on her and various things. But the main thing I love about this show is each episode by itself is, can be fun standalone as a various thing, but it actually tells an overall narrative throughout the entire thing that develops, and each episode kind of adds new clues. And the overall mystery is um, Dipper finds this book, this mysterious book that talks about all the weird things that is going on in town, and he's trying to find the author of this book to uncover more of the mysteries of Gravity Falls. And so that's what the entire two seasons tells is the story of who wrote this book and uncovering the mysteries of this town. And it's just so satisfying. And the story is really good. It's just so good. And it's so funny the the artwork is really good. And then it has so many just great jokes. So we've talked about before, I'm I really enjoy role playing games like Dungeons and Dragons and things like that. And they have an entire episode voted to just Making fun of Dungeons and Dragons, but it's but it's in a tasteful way. It's not a way that I, I like. I was annoyed at it. Like you're completely misrepresenting this hobby that I really enjoy. But I was just laughing along with it. <laughs> it was so good. Um, or, I'm a really big fan of Neil deGrasse Tyson, the astrophysicist. And there's another episode where um, Mabel has this pet pig that she wins in a fair called Waddles. And so, he, accidentally comes into contact with this helmet that makes you hyper intelligent. And so then the characters wake up the next day, Waddles has had this on his head the entire day, and he's now this super intelligent being, pig, who has, like, created this hover chair to get around in, (laughs) and he can now talk, and the voice actor for it is Neil deGrasse Tyson. And Neil deGrasse Tyson even gets to, like, he's a really big, a big platform of his is science education, and he even gets to have a little pitch pitch for that at the end as he's, like, fading back out into just normal Waddles intelligence, (laughs) and it's just... So good.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it's really well done. Um and it's it is funny, so I'll I'll give you that.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so that's that's my number one pick. So this is on Hulu. Unfortunately I haven't been able to find it anywhere else, but on Hulu and even for the free version of Hulu, um it's ad free just because of deals that were made and so it's really easy to watch.
1: And how many seasons are there?
0: Two. So why don't we get to the pick that we both loved now?
1: So the pick that we both loved that we wanted to talk about it's also found on Hulu. Mm-hmm. There's currently one season because only one season has been made. They're currently in pre production for their second season. Yeah.
0: The Orville.
1: Yeah, the Orville. So, um, and so I was really hesitant with this show because it's kind of a satire of Star, Star Trek. Trek. Mm-hmm. So, don't, okay, don't worry though. I know what you're thinking. That sounds really stupid because, <laughs> <laughs> um, but it's literally hilarious like from Parks and Rec literally hilarious mm-hmm. yeah
0: yeah and so that's some of the thi- that's some of the things you liked about it is I've tried showing you some Star Trek I've tried getting you into like the next generation and I Ugh, even started after yeah. Riker gets his beard you know once it starts getting good and um and just it wasn't it wasn't something for it, her so she was hesitant my... about or, about the Orville yeah it but, was not my thing but the Orville is very self-aware of things that were kind of ridiculous with Star Trek and it makes and it, it pokes fun at that, and again in a tasteful way, because uh, I because I really love those shows and I and it, this was done in a tasteful way, uh, but because of that, Sarah could enjoy it because it wasn't too serious and it had lots of good laughs, but yet at the same time, it still so, like
1: the charm, the uh-huh.
0: charm and the core of what's really great about Star Trek shows where it's an exp- where it's really an exploration of current society and asking tough questions about current society and it's just uh-huh. using the cover of Hey, this is just a sci-fi about this. Um, and, and, you know, that cover allows them to get a lot deeper on topics than they could if they were actually talking about the topic. Right. That's something that Star Trek does a really good job of. And that's what, and Orville does that, too. And that's, so that's something that I really enjoyed.
1: So it stars sex. So stars, it stars sex symbol. <laughs> so it stars sex. <laughs> it stars Seth MacFarlane mm-hmm. And, and he,
0: Yeah, he also produced it.
1: Yeah, and he's the creator of uh, Family Guy, mm-hmm. actually, and so, but but also this show is is only TV fourteen. It's it's yeah, not uh, so, uh, it's not like Family Guy can be kind of crude. Right, it's, I know that's
0: something bad. that we were a little bit hesitant at first, um, just because we we haven't really watched too much Family Guy or American Dad or things like that. Just I don't know, just
1: not really our thing. Not
0: I don't know, just yeah, the style of the humor and things like that isn't just really our our style, but. But yeah, the Orville. He it's produced by Seth MacFarlane and everything. But he takes, but he has a different style that he goes about it with the jokes and the humor and everything. And yeah. it's really good.
1: I'd say it's more family friendly. So so
0: I mm-hmm. mean, I think if you liked Family Guy, there's probably things you'd like pick up from the humor that like you could see in this too. Yeah. I don't know for sure, but but even if you're someone like I said, you're like, oh, I don't know, I didn't really like Family Guy. Like we loved this, so you know that doesn't need to be a stumbling block.
1: Yeah, um, just an example. Like one of my favorite parts of the show is they have. Isaac, who's this robot, who is one of the crew members of the, of the ship. Uh, the ship is the Orville. And uh, he doesn't understand humor like the rest of the ship does. And so the crew members are trying to teach him what a practical joke is. And so
0: they commit, they do a practical joke for him. So then so and they, he's like, why did he do that? I was like, it's a practical joke. It's funny.
1: Yeah. And so, but he didn't understand. So anyway, he was like, okay. So later on in the show, uh, he ends up cutting off one of the crew members legs and hiding it in the ceiling and it ends up falling out and it's hilarious anyway. But, uh, they asked him like, why did you do that? And he was like, it's a practical joke. Ha ha ha. It's funny. And anyway, <laughs> Um and he has to get his leg reattached and everything and it's it's so good.
0: Okay, I, w- I wanna share my favorite moment. Okay. Well okay two favorite moments. One of them was a really mean tease that they then didn't, didn't do, but but yeah, one of my favorite moments is um so there's Rudolph the Red nosed Reindeer. Oh yeah. And and Rudolph the Red nosed Reindeer like legitimately becomes a a major plot piece of one of the episodes. <laughs> do you know Like the, one? the,
1: the old one with the, the claymation, mm-hmm. you know, cartoon
0: people yeah but yeah it legitimately becomes a major plot piece of one of the episodes and I don't want to say too much more than that to like ruin the fun of it but just the fact that like they take that and it's like straight-faced of yes this is it's just the humor is really funny and really witty um and then another thing there's this one character his name is lieutenant commander (laughs) and he is this very stern serious straight-faced alien um talks in a really deep voice and so they're having this karaoke night, and, and then L- Lieutenant Bordas comes up to then sing a karaoke song, and he's going to sing, I Will Be With You, or what's the...
1: My Heart Will Go On. My Heart Will Go On. Celine Dion, Titanic, yeah.
0: And he, yeah, so the intro comes in, and then he just like starts letting out a breath, starts singing, and was like, this is going to be so good. And then, uh, there's a warning, like there's a ship warning, so then they often to go to their stations, and you don't get... It, but
1: it was, it was such oh, a good
0: tease, and I want to hear it.
1: We, yeah, we want to hear Bordas sing, My Heart Will Go On, so bad. <laughs>
0: But, but yeah, as we said, so there's one season right now, um, this is, so this is being put on by Fox right now. Um, and so when it's, the next season is going to come this fall and then it's being released on Hulu one episode at a time after it airs on Fox.
1: Yeah. But we really recommend it. Entire
0: first season. You can just go watch all at once right now.
1: Yeah. So, um, yeah. So we recommend that you binge Grey's Anatomy, Gravity Falls, and The Orville this summer. But we also have a few more honorable mentions that we wanted to name off as well with their Dundee Award. So.
0: yes, So we're going to read the award first and then the show that won won the award. So.
1: Do you want to go first? I'll
0: go first. Yeah. So the winner of the Sexiest Male Host Award goes to The Cosmos, which is found on Netflix.
1: Which is hosted by?
0: Neil deGrasse Tyson, the sexiest man alive.
1: (laughs) If you can't tell, my husband has a man crush on Neil deGrasse Tyson. He so. just has
0: a wonderful brain.
1: Yeah, but do you want to just explain really quick what that show's about?
0: Yeah, so actually, so this is another show that was produced by Seth MacFarlane. Um, Seth MacFarlane isn't in it, but uh, but this show is um, the, a reboot of the original Cosmos show um, hosted by Carl Sagan in the 70s, and Neil deGrasse Tyson is someone whose life has been very influenced and impacted by Carl Sagan. And so he wanted to bring the show back for a new generation, um, and talk about science education, discovery, um, all and various disciplines of science and how they work together, whether that's biology or astronomy, physics, all these things and how they and how science all relates together, and then also talking about current issues in science and what we can do to help improve them, things um, you know just such as climate change and that nature and what we can do to help improve, and it's really well produced that um, has. Um, with each episode, it spotlights a story of science history and goes through that story and how it's relevant today and the principles that we can learn from it. And whenever it's in those stories, it has animation work. And the animation is a really, really fun style. It's really well done. Yeah, and then Neil deGrasse Tyson is a great host. He's been hosting shows for a long time with this platform of science education. And so he his delivery is really good. And just the educational aspects that you can get from it, top notch. Um... So a second season has been announced but uh has yet to be released. The Cosmos can be found on Netflix.
1: Second honorable mention is going to be for the most suspenseful show based on real events, which was The Keepers. Oh. This show is uh basically follows through the story of a nun that was murdered back in the nineteen sixties. In Baltimore. In yeah, in Baltimore and um and it kind of unfolds this bigger story of corruption with sexual abuse in the catholic church and at this all-girls school um this is definitely not for children it's very interesting sad uh but 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 really really deals with
0: mature topics as um as as you mentioned of like there's the murder there's sexual abuse that is going on and
1: and it kind of reveals that but it's a documentary series um that's very well done and we highly recommend Uh, it oh and that can be found on netflix
0: Mm -hmm. Okay And so the next award, so obvious we didn't want to feature it as one of our picks and the winner is the office. So yes. if you haven't watched the office, just
1: I don't know go where and watch you... it. Yeah. That's the reason
0: Netflix is exists basically.
1: Yeah, um, I think we've watched the office uh, three times all the way through. It's just so good. The characters are so so great. but basically it's just the story of uh, of some people that work in an office. And it's it's for a paper company, like the most boring, like company of all time. They sell paper, um, and
0: the and show is aware that this is very mundane, and they don't like try to over hype it or make it something it's not. Uh, it's a boring job, and the, the show is about the boring job of being a salesman at a paper company.
1: Yeah, starring Steve Carell, John K- Krasinski, uh, Jenna Fisher. So, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, but. Yeah. First
0: season is a little slow if you're not into it yet, but just stick through it. Um, it picks up and it, it gets better.
1: Way better. So. so,
0: All right, next award?
1: Next award goes to... Also, if you can just imagine us giving these TV shows an imaginary Dundee with their uh, honorable mention title on it, that's what we're, we're hoping for. Um, next show is the best show to watch after you watch The Office and You Want More, which is Parks and Recreation. This show stars Amy Poehler, and um Chris Pratt. Uh, Chris Pratt and Ron, what's his name?
0: Nick Offerman. Yeah,
1: Nick Offerman. Um and basically it's kinda it's the same like mockumentary, documentary style mm-hmm. of camera work. And it follows uh, a group of people that work for the Parks and Recreation Department in yeah. Pawnee, Indiana. And specifically
0: Indiana. Leslie Indiana. Nope, who is played by Amy Poehler.
1: Yeah. And it's in uh, Pawnee, Indiana. That's the
0: yeah a fictional the, town
1: if it, yeah where that's where the the it's set so
0: yeah and again it's just a super mundane parks and rec department and they don't try to hype it up and make it something it's not but it's just same situational commies, comedy so if you loved yeah All so if you loved <laughs> yeah comedy and so if you loved the office and after you watched it you were crying cuz it was over like we were um parks and rec is the is a really good show to then watch after that um, kind of um, just same humor, and but everything. also
1: like the office. This first season is slow, so mm-hmm. give, oh, yeah. give it a chance. Leslie, no, twenty twenty.
0: All right, our next, the next Dundee goes to the funniest show with the most outdated jokes, and the winner is Friends.
1: Yay, we love Friends, but we will admit that some of the jokes regarding like Monica being fat, fat are culturally not appropriate anymore and there's also just some other things that probably would not there's fly. there's some gay
0: jokes if i remember yeah right.
1: and yeah and there's just some things that probably wouldn't fly nowadays but friends is classic uh that we really enjoy joey's
0: the best roommate ever
1: yeah right he cleans out the refrigerator for you i mean who yeah and ross you, is you so freaking annoying oh my gosh first,
0: i first liked him because i was like oh he's like me i see myself in him but then yeah as it went on i was like no I don't like you.
1: <laughs> we were on a break. <laughs> yeah, if you haven't seen Friends, it's on Netflix, um, and we we really liked that show as well. So that's one of those classics that maybe you haven't seen, but it's it. it it's worth it. Yeah, and even though some of the jokes are outdated, um, it I would say it holds up fairly. Oh fairly. yeah,
0: overall it holds up really good.
1: Next up, we have best female lead. And we're going to give that to New Girl. So, yeah. We really like New Girl. It stars Zoe Deschanel. Um, and she, kind of the plot is that she breaks up with her boyfriend and she needs somewhere to go and she plays to live with in this one apartment and there's three guys. And um, and then she gets it and she's the only girl living with these three guys and and it kind of goes like along that journey. It starts of,
0: out with kind of the humorous situation of what it could be of living with all guy roommates, and, very, and you know, they're very, like, guy-guy roommates. They have like, a
1: douchebag jar for one of them when, whenever they, when he says stupid stupid comments about things and stuff like that, and so this one is a little bit, I would say, on the more inappropriate side. It's, there's a lot of drinking and a lot of sex, but... Um,
0: yeah, those are probably their two favorite pastimes.
1: Yeah, yeah, but uh, plot's really good, and you can't go wrong with Zooey Deschanel,
0: mm-hmm.
1: so she's, a, she's great, so...
0: Okay, our next award goes to Best Theme Song, and the winner is Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt.
1: Unbreakable something. Mm, dr- dr- it's a miracle. miracle. <laughs>
0: it's, it's just this really fun auto-tuned song. So, uh, okay, so real quick, the idea of Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt is there was this group of women that were
1: the Uh, indiana mole women
0: and they lived in a bunker for the last 10 years was
1: it something like that
0: yeah but they were brought in there by this crazy um by this crazy religious pastor guy who said the world was going to end and i've selected you to live in this bunker with me to live out the apocalypse and we'll be the survivors all all fake of course Um, but then they're discovered and rescued and then she moves to new york and tries to discover herself after
1: being in this bunker for like 10 years she has like no concept of of what it is to live modern in,
0: society, yeah, live, sense. to live
1: in the real world and everything. But the first episode starts out with her getting rescued uh, from her bunker, and then there's a guy that if you have if you've seen the hide my kids, hide my wife like thing on YouTube, it's kind of like a spin off of that, right? Yeah. Um, and he's talking about how they were rescued, and that's kind of where the theme song comes from. It out of It's like a, it's like a remix. It's really fun. Yeah, yeah. So
0: the star is Ellie Kemper, who was
1: who is, uh, Aaron in the mm-hmm. office. So, yeah. <laughs>
0: and yeah, And yeah, that, that, that can also be found on Netflix. It's a Netflix original. Um, so it's just going to be there.
1: Um, next we have the best show to have in the background while you work. Futurama.
0: Yeah, and, so this is one I put on there. Um, you actually haven't watched it, I don't think.
1: Yeah, I haven't seen too much of that one.
0: No, but, um, it's made by the same people that made The Simpsons. Oh, okay. Mm, and, but this show...
1: It's a cartoon, right? Yeah,
0: it's so it's a cartoon, and the show is set in the future, The main character, and so the main character, in the year 1999, he falls into this cryostasis pod, and then he's left in there for several centuries until he wakes up in the future, and now he's trying to figure out, learn all these things about the future and everything, but he has no idea what's going on, and he's kind of just an idiot, like he was an idiot before... He fell into the cryostasis pod he's an idiot still but it goes on there's various adventures uh, him and his friends they are workers in this delivery service that is ran by his like great 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 nephew but, he, but his nephew's like this old man just again because he was in cryostasis but it but their adventures of running this delivery service and all the weird aliens and various things and it's really fun but what's great about it is you don't have to pay a whole lot of attention to it while to know what's going on with the plot and stuff like that mm-hmm. um and so it's something that i've enjoyed just if i want some background noise i'll i'll put i'll put that on while i'm just doing some various whatever homework or other work for clients or just whatever i'm doing and every now and then i just look over there laugh at a funny thing they said and then you resume my work and it doesn't and it's not overly distracting all right it, our next award best set design goes to a series of unfortunate events which can be found on netflix
1: the show is amazing. Um, it stars Neil Patrick Harris as Count Olaf, and it just actually came out. Started it came out last year, right Before right, so, season, mm-hmm. and they just came out with their second season uh, this uh, in March. Yeah, and uh, they'll come out with their final and third season next next year. So mm.
0: and yeah, the set design though is seriously so good. Um, so each two episodes focuses on a different book, and each book has a very distinct theme to it and the set and the set production yeah the set production closely matches that
1: yeah um and in it also the storyline and plot closely resembles the books and it's
0: just it's just it's very stylized can't go on enough about it, it it's so very
1: well done um and also lemony snicket i don't know his real name the author of the actual original book right, his
0: pen name is lemony snicket
1: yeah he he's a Producer or he at least has helped. Well yeah, with he's, the production. Yeah, of the he's show. been
0: very involved with it. These though are very yeah they are very closely stick to the source material, but then they but then there's this overarching plot that kind of ties all the books together in a tighter way than the books themselves didn't do. Mm-hmm. Um, and what's great is that plot was also is was written by Lemony Snicket as well, mm. and so it's the same author. He then wrote this overarching story connecting them all, and it just fits in so perfectly about this secret spy network and secret organizations and it just fits so well that instead of feeling feeling like it's betraying the books or changing it in an unappreciated way it's an enhancement that now i wish was like in the books originally because it legitimately enhances the enjoyment that we get from it
1: yeah and that is very family friendly so you can watch it with oh yeah all your kids so
0: musicals um uh, some of it is kind of depressing and gloomy, but that's just the nature of the books. But it is kept family friendly.
1: Yeah. So we're almost done with our honorable mentions. Um we have just a few more. Um and next for best special effects, we have Stranger Things. Um, if you have not seen this movie yet this or, or this series yet, um, I don't know where you've been, but it is literally a cultural phenomenon and it mm-hmm. is amazing. So Um, basically it's set in the eighties, which is also incredible because it looks literally like it's in the, it's from the eighties. All of their
0: props, their costuming, hairstyles, everything is from the eighties. Even like there, um, there's one spot where they have some of the yard signs for the, for the presidential nominees that were running during that time. Mm -hmm. And they have the designs and everything from that. Very authentic. They've had a very close attention to detail for that. Yep. But then not just the attention to detail to, for that period, but then as you as we were saying for why we gave it an award the special effects
1: yeah the, the story is great it stars millie bobby brown and, and david Harbour, um and it's just a really overall very well produced show the
0: show yeah the plot is so good each episode leaves you off on a huge cliffhanger of and so you just have to figure out what happens next okay and our last pick all right and our next award for best one season run goes to one punch man and so this is so this is an anime that's on Netflix and as it only has one season but it is so it is so funny um, once I watched the first episode I just kind of had to keep watching it over um, until we watched the rest of them and I watched it in about two or three days but the show is about this guy named Saitama and he is the most powerful person on earth he there he can defeat any villain any anyone in one punch so he's called one punch man and it's just a huge satire both on animes it makes fun of some anime conventions and also superhero conventions and so it's funny and especially relevant right now it's just our superhero culture we have really yeah the the comedy is just well done the timings the show only has one season uh, but super well done uh worth your time
1: And our last Honorable Mention and Dundee Award for all the nostalgia feels goes to a documentary series, The Toys That Made Us. This documentary series is so good. It basically just documents uh, basically how different toys came to be. So it kind of goes into Barbie. It goes into...
0: G.I. Joe G.I.
1: Joe Star Wars Star Wars toys Star
0: Trek Transformers
1: Goes into He-Man Um, And each So each episode Is is dedicated to One of these toys And how it came to be And it's very interesting So
0: Yeah Also Yeah Well done High quality
1: It's on Netflix um, And it just came out With its second season Yeah So,
0: so if you're in the feel So if you're in the mood For a nostalgia binge On your childhood Or things before your childhood Depending on how old you are Highly recommend this documentary
1: Yeah so, thanks for listening to our, this episode of Pop Culture Ketchup. we really enjoyed talking about our favorite TV shows. You can rate and review us on Apple Podcasts, and that would really be helpful, so other people can find us. And you can also find us on Twitter. We now have our own Pop Culture Ketchup Twitter page. You can find us at Ketchup Pop, and tweet us your thoughts about your favorite TV shows, and what you want to watch this summer, and I guess what you thought of this episode.
0: Yeah, so feel free to uh, drop us a review, send us a tweet, and uh, we'll be happy to continue this conversation with you guys after the show.
1: Thanks so much. We'll see you next time. Take care. Bye.